Hi, I'm Jacqueline Suskin. I'm the author of The Edge of the Continent, Volume 1, The Forest. And I'm Emily Strelo, author of The Wild Birds, a novel. I'm so excited to talk to you about your incredible book, Emily, because I read it and was glued to it and couldn't stop reading it until I was done. So I'm going to try not to give away anything because I, I feel like your your work is so masterfully like, inviting and exciting. And the whole time I was just like, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens next. And so I, I, I made a promise. Yeah, I promised myself I wouldn't give away too much to our listeners so they could enjoy it the way that I did, which was you know, this like incredible passage through time. And I, I kind of just would love to hear, I, I have a whole little list of things that I related to while reading the book, but also just, I would love to hear about your process writing it and anything that you want to say about just where the idea for the book came from, because it's so rich. And I, I felt like maybe you worked on this for a really long time. <laughs> I did. I worked yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> thank you for seeing that. Um, yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you so much. And coming from you, whose poetry I am just obsessed with currently. Um, oh, good. Really <laughs> I did work on it over about 10 years. I was yes. in the field. Yeah, so I was doing field biology. I was a field tech, so I would just work different jobs in different places in North America, mostly in the West. And so I would write sort of based in the place that I was in, and I would research um, the different threads as they came to me, you know, at the California Historical Society or the Oregon Historical Society. And mm -hmm. it was just sort of place-based as I wrote it. You know, I, I wrote a lot of it in tents and, like, not not intense, but intense. Yes, like while <laughs> living in a tent. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, my friends have a have a um, organization for artists writing in nature, and they, their motto is "Artists are intense." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. It's, it's good. Awesome. But um, so yeah, I feel like when I started reading your poetry. I thought, oh, this woman is going to understand where I'm coming from. Oh, uh, yes. Like so in a way that blew my mind. I was, yeah. I have this whole list of things that I wrote that were things that I related to so deeply in your book. And I was kind of, I was testing myself as I was reading it, trying to imagine myself as a different reader. And I was like, oh, these are, these yeah. are just worlds being opened up to people, you know, worlds of place. And I've spent yeah. so much time in all, almost all of the places that are in the book. And I feel like, you know, I have volume one of The Edge of the Continent, but the third volume will be about the desert. So there's this whole desert factor to your book that I was like, oh, and, and I also deeply relate to that. And not That's just the amazing. forest. <laughs> yeah. So it was and really exciting. Told, I think that that's true, though, that, like, this kind of place-based writing means more to people who already have a connection to the land there in some way. Um, I mean, it, it can be a great adventure for people who've never been there as well. But I've had a couple of people say to me explicitly, like, I have such a, like, a love for this place, and you just made it bigger. 
with yeah. your story, you know? And I, I really love hearing that because it's when you write something and then you put it out in the world, it's no longer yours, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it belongs to the reader in that way. And I love to hear how, how the reader sort of like expands on it in their own heart and their own self. So. Yeah. It makes um, me think of uh, this kind of concept that I have with my work, which is, I mean, for me, I've tried to make these places as accessible as possible for people because I think, oh, if they can be connected to the earth more, then they will want to take care of it more and they will want to treat it better. And that's kind of my goal. And I was thinking about that with your work. Yeah. And I just could really imagine, you know, someone who wasn't familiar with these parts of the world getting this like big dose of that beauty and how transformative that can be for people and then also like thinking of the power of writing in general which to me is this feeling when I was younger I would read a book and I might not know the place like I hadn't been to New York City when I was in high school but reading some book about like the beatniks in the 50s I was like oh but I relate to everything that they are feeling and expressing in this book and so that to me meant I related to this place. And so the, by the time I got to go to that place, I already had this whole backlog of a relationship with it. And I wonder if it works the That's same like for, for <laughs> yeah, too, right? yes. Yeah. And I think it could work the same for wild places. Definitely. Absolutely. And it did for me, like I read, you know, I read Edward Abbey before. I yeah. The mm-hmm. And I had these sort of just, it's like there are these, pictures that are painted in your mind that stay, and some stick and some don't you know so it's the sort of abstract understanding of what the desert is and then and I'd heard stories from people and then when I when you go there all that just sort of like settles into your experience of the place Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. it's amazing that you bring up Edward Abbey because I had this whole thing that I wrote about reading your work and picking out the, the points of activism in your work and the points of, you know, like very subtle but direct <laughs> at the same time moments of, you know, activism for different places and throughout time, what that looks like for people to care for from anything to the smallest creature to, you know, actually like being at a you know, city council meeting or, you know, whatever. I, I just felt like there was a, this, this beautiful thread of activism running through your work. And I, I really appreciate that because I even think like in my poetry, it's maybe not necessarily as clear as it would be in a novel, but I consider myself an activist because I care about the earth so deeply that I think, you know, like I said previously, like if I could create this link to, you know, people caring about, and conserving and you know, being respectful of, or even just remembering that the earth is as incredible as it is that they might, you know, do a better job standing up for it or, you know, taking care of it. Oh my gosh. I absolutely recognize that in your poetry. Like immediately I saw the activism because, but it's, again, it's subtle. And thank you for saying that. That's such a compliment, but yeah, you have this subtle way of, um, I mean, you have, poetry that you're that you know in the minutia but then like lingering over it is this overt or what I felt to be overt activism that I really appreciated um but not heavy-handed at all always Thank you. At all, always. yeah um, yeah it's amazing it to hear, <laughs> before, yeah yeah it's just amazing to feel such a kinship in 
in your book and just so where I was curious where you where you live now. Oh, so now I live in Michigan. Um, okay. <laughs> Oh, right. It's funny. In, yeah. in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a really beautiful place, actually. Um, it's kind of kind of a jewel of the Midwest. Um, oh, yeah. It's quite lovely. I was born and, in Detroit, um, so I... Oh, my God. Not yeah. only do we have all these other connections, but we have a Michigan connection also, because... Oh oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I have... Uh, I have... There are moments in life where you connect to a writer or some, a person in general, uh, and you have all of these things that just end up adding up of like, Oh, we really believe in and care about the same things. And to me, I'm always just like, Oh, that stuff is such affirmation for my work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if it's like through a friendship or through, you know, someone you've never met before, like I feel that way about Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry, but I don't know them. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) If we take them out to dinner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so I just, I, I, because I could tell that you worked on your book so long and now I love hearing that you wrote most of it while you're intense as, you know, in the field. I think, um, you know, I have some questions about the process of that because it's so different than poetry, but I mean, I'm really dedicated to like having an editor and that's a big part of my process. And I was curious if you have like a special person that is your editor, if you worked with, publisher or how that works for you I do do now now. like my my friend editor is my agent Bill Clegg he is incredible he's just he's one of those people who sees what you intend and always guides you towards your own intentions in in a manuscript which I think is really hard to do and the first time that we connected, you know, and he wanted to represent me. We just chatted for a long, long time, and I just felt like, oh, this person is one of my people. Yes, <laughs> so I love that. With him, yeah. I mean, did he look at the book before it was published, and he, you know, went through the whole thing with oh, you and yeah. worked, yeah, and worked through everything? It's so nice to have one person who does that. Yeah, my my person is someone I've known since I was in college. I have a degree in poetry, and we were in poetry school together. (laughs) And uh, he so he really knows my like inside and outside and all of me. And he's so like you just said, it's so helpful to have somebody who really pulls out you know your actual intention and everything. And that you know I worked on this book. I would say for I mean some of the writing is really old, but I you know worked on it steadily for four years probably and trying to figure out how I would make it happen and then figuring out that it was actually three books and this like (laughs) split up you know how did that manifest like how did that realization come to you well you will you will totally resonate with it it's just place-based so I was like okay instead of trying to have all of this work come out at once about the state of California really sections are like Northern California and then Los Angeles where I live now. And then Joshua tree where I've lived many times. Why not just have it be three separate books of poetry? But then I, I, you know, reading your novel, I was like, Oh, you've done such a great job of taking us from place to place and weaving the thread. I mean, the, the magic of your book really is this passage through time and how well you have connected those stories and not just through 
an object that passes from hand to hand, but also the experience of the characters and like, yeah. you know, expressions of gender and issues of equality and then activism and yeah. land usage. And I, I just love the like many mirrors that kind of travel through the story and that pull us along with the characters and kind of create this shared human experience, which is so powerful. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like I saw a lot of those shared human experiences when I was reading your work as well. Like I, when you talk about the moon being like a mother taking, like trying to guide her child's feet into their pants. Yes. I, I was like, oh my God, that's the most genius line I've read all year. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly it. I mean, there are these, there's, I mean, it's the personification of nature, and it's the, mm-hmm. the relationship that you have to nature and the changing, evolving, you know, love that you have for place. And I just thought in every, like, I, I could tell that you must go out hiking a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, I used to just be in the woods all the time. And even in L.A., okay. it's pretty easy. It's pretty a- easy to get up into the mountains here. And I think, yeah, yeah, I'm amazed by it. I mean, that's really what keeps me here. I kind of moved here on a whim to see if I could make a career as a poet and it worked. So now I'm like, well, I guess I have to stay here for a while. But yeah, I mean, I have gone out into the wilderness many times by myself and done a lot of like fasting and like big hikes out into the middle of nowhere. And there are many parts of your book that um, talk about the language of the forest and how you could hear it if you're quiet enough and the language of a wild place. And, you know, Mm -hmm. especially the desert, I was so drawn to that because I've spent a lot of time alone in the desert and just that Mm -hmm. whole expression of what the nuance of a place like the desert has to offer and how, you know, if you are brash or loud or, you know, not tuned in, you'll miss it and how special that is and what you can learn from that. And I just, every time I got to a desert section, I was, just, you know, I love that you're, you know, giving a voice to this place that is so quiet, but holds so much. Right. It's so nice. Like the silence and the space of desert forces you to look smaller and smaller and smaller, you know, mm-hmm. it looks to like look on a more like microscopic level and I remember the first time I was in the desert and I just suddenly was like on my knees looking at some tiny little plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I realized there was this huge, like crazy little microclimate all in this one spot. And I was just like, it's a matter of scale. Like there's so much happening. It's just really small and separate from everything else around it. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I, what I want to hear a little bit more about from you is which so fascinating to me is the poem store are you still doing that oh yeah yeah I know I'm like I don't, I don't care about talking about that <laughs> I'm just like, I want to talk about the woods and the desert and whatever poem store of no <laughs> yeah I am still doing that project that's been my livelihood for the last you know nine years I've made a living okay. as typing poems for people in public and at events and I mean, really, the exchange is very personal and it's really intense. And people usually tell me subject matter that's like, you know, very private. And then we have this exchange and I write them this poem and they often cry. And it's a very therapeutic experience, but it's kind of a way that I get to use poetry to leverage 
human connection that seems to be missing. So letting people have this, like this shared space where I see them and I hear them and I translate what they're saying to me to show them that I really listen to them. And that's kind of the magic of it. But then, you know, writing books and having this book come out is kind of the next phase of that. Um, I mean, this is my third book, but this book most, mm -hmm. you know, this series will hold the most weight in, in the work that I am doing in the world because it's almost like, yeah, now I get to kind of mirror back my own experience and show people why it is that I do what I do, which is this dedication to the earth and, you know, trying to let that be my guiding yeah. light through all of it. Well, maybe this is something that you like to, it's top secret, but I'm just curious, like in that short amount of time that you have with the person, are there any particular things that you ask them that access a sort of intimacy that, or does it, does it just depend on the person? Definitely depends on the person. It's not top secret. There's usually like 10 people standing there watching. So, but okay. it's, uh, <laughs> it, I wish it were top secret. I would love it to be more of like an actual therapy where I have a room and I'm with one person. Cause I think we would get a lot more work done, but yeah, I usually say something like, you know, what's your subject matter. They get to choose whatever they want. Sometimes people will just say one word. And then I say, you know, if you can't, if you can't figure out what you need a poem about, you can just tell me something that's relevant to your life right now. So something that's been inspiring you, something that's been on your mind a lot, something that's been weighing on you or something that you want to call into your life that you're looking forward to or trying to bring into focus. And that usually steers them in a more personal direction. That's my, that's my yeah. line that I give them to kind of open them up a little bit, but somehow the typewriter and my presence alone I don't know what that is, but it causes people yeah. to open up. And I think what it is is that I'm clearly just like there to show up for them and they can see that. And it's it's vulnerable. You know, I'm being vulnerable by putting myself out there uh -huh. in that way. So then they maybe feel more inclined to be vulnerable back. And imagine that that might on some level be sort of emotionally exhausting for you as a just as a person. <laughs> yeah, world, it is extremely exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the most but tiring so work wonderful. I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is so wonderful. And within it are all of these affirmations like of me doing work in the world that matters. And, and that is the same as what I was talking about of just, you know, reading a book and seeing this relationship to an author. It's the same thing, but they actually get to have it with me in person. You know, it's like, I would be you know, having Jack Kerouac write a poem for me when I was in high school. It's like that feeling of being like, well, you're a person in the world who creates this, you know, beautiful poetry, but you're doing it just for me. You're not doing it, you know, right. on a, it. So that's, I add this whole other level to it. And then I was trying to do my best with this new book to be accessible in that same way to be like, okay, well now I'm, I'm going to go. The next step is to show myself a little bit more. So you have the chance to even know who I am more. My parents like to joke that I'm a writer because they left me alone with W.S. Merwin for. Oh my um, gosh. The, like the greatest six hours when I was a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> he like only wanted to play with me. He's like just the baby. And he <laughs> like, like he instilled. Was, he, was <laughs> <laughs> he instilled poetry in you. Well, your book is very poetic. I mean, there's, you know, talk of poetry throughout your book. There are all these poetic lines tucked into everything and I'm that I mean that makes me really happy to see poet. that yeah you're you're, you're a poet I, for I sure not so I secret <laughs> for me for me 
published it. I don't even attempt to publish it, but I I have lots of poetry that I've written. And I don't know why. Maybe somebody else will share it. Yeah. Well, I, I bet you, I bet you will. I mean, you can be a novelist <laughs> and also come out with an amazing book of poetry. I'd love to see that happen. There, someone told me once, though, I mean, and this stuck in my mind, they were like, poets can make great novelists, but novelists can't make great poets. Well, I would beg <laughs> to differ so specifically like in your case, because your, your book is so poetic and <laughs> I love the I love the way that, that that poetry actually functions in your book. You know, there are characters who speak about it and there are, are yeah. there's like a lineage of poetry in this lifeline that we follow through time and it's just it's so it's so special and I feel like there are a lot of things like that in the book for me that were so personal, like just the feeling of like having this un this unwanted child who is this focal point in the book um, and giving a voice to what it is like to know that you are an unwanted child. I mean, I specifically have direct experience with that. That's my life story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, reading wow. the way that you kind of navigate that with her. And then, I mean, these are all really personal things, but I think it's kind of nice that we get to have this conversation and I get to say, as your reader, this is how deeply impacted I was, was that I saw these reflections, not only in this unwanted child, but also, you know, in, in the smallest details. I mean, clearly place was a huge thing for me, but also like, you know, I have spent so much time with my friend who's a wildlife biologist and lived in Oregon forever. Uh, so I, I like uh, had gone out to the Columbia River Gorge and like watched for peregrine falcons and like counted birds with her in various places. And then, you know, I, the, I know it's really wild just reading it. And then, you know, I, I have this whole connection to the name Sal and that that is a huge, I, I, I almost have gotten that name tattooed behind my ear so many times, which I was like, I love that character. I think and I, <laughs> I, think so I accidentally wrote this book for you. You did. <laughs> you did. And the Datura, I have a whole thing with Datura and Datura grows outside of my window here in LA. And I was right. reading Carlos Castaneda and that right. plant, that plant <laughs> appeared outside of my house. And I was like, oh, there's for sure Emily has read Carlos Castaneda because there's all these moments in the desert with the peyote and these people. And I'm like, oh, this is this is so interesting because that that's that came to me here in the city. Like that was like, oh, the city was, you know, what did a, what did a raven drop a Datura seed in my little planter outside? It must have because it didn't grow there until I read Carlos Castaneda. <laughs> then it started growing as I was reading that book. <laughs> That's like powers of manifestation right there. Just, yeah. <laughs> so just the, the, the yeah, this book is for me, so thank you for writing it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so glad to finally meet you. <laughs> my my audience that that I wrote this for specifically. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And I, I love the power of like these themes that travel through the book. And I kind of want to hear you talk about a little bit about the concepts of, you know, secrets and honesty. And that was something that really hit me in this book where it was that there are a lot of things with these characters that they're not able to tell their honest truth about what's happened to them or how they really feel. And then the way that affects their entire life story and how we're, we're witnessing that as the reader. So I just wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I, I 
think I've always been kind of a keeper of secrets. I've mm-hmm. like enjoyed keeping my own secrets. And like I even said, like I have, I, I write poetry, but I keep it secret because I don't somehow, I think because maybe it's because I'm a Pisces or I don't know, but like <laughs> I just am all, <laughs> I'm always sort of, um, I've enjoyed like creating small realms within my mind that are just like, you know, private realms and being able to sort of dwell there when, when anything in life got me down. And like, and that's why, for instance, like I have that in place too. So I have like certain places that I gravitate and I go to if I need any kind of healing or any kind of, you know, salve from the world. And I actually came to one of those places to have this conversation with you, which is, it's this meadow and it's where I released all of my monarch butterflies. I raised a bunch of monarch butterflies this year for the project Monarch. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's really great. And so I released. You all are the just the, the dreamiest human. <laughs> so I love that you're in a field where you released your monarchs. You're the coolest. <laughs> so I have always had like this a little bit of a sensitivity to human made things. And so I was like, Oh, if I really want to have a conversation that, that feels intimate and personal, I'm going to go to a place where I can be, you know, I can be fully present. And so I wanted to be here for you. Yeah. (laughs) So I come out here and I like look for this. I've seen three monarchs since we started talking and yeah. So it's, so it's having those little like touchstones and, secrets and like places that are yours maybe I'm a little bit possessive of Mm -hmm. that privacy and that intimacy with both the land and then with myself (laughs) well yeah and especially because the idea of you know in the book too I felt this constant feeling of being taken to those places that I love and then being reminded that they are not as wild as they once were and that feeling of protectiveness and how, you know, we can sit deep in our experience of love for the earth and then suddenly be reminded that it's shifting every day. And we also have this really deep responsibility to protect it if we want to keep enjoying it. And I loved how throughout your book, you kind of show these you know, heart, heart, just really heartbreaking moments, but also fascinating moments of just the way people deal with that kind of loss. I mean, the the loss of Alice's place on the hill where she had her ginger root and that whole that whole moment of what it's like to have a place taken away. And I felt like that was a microcosm example of all of these larger experiences of us like losing our sacred wild places that are th- that are healing and that help us. And I mean, that place revived her and gave her life when she didn't have it. So I just thought that 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 contrast in the book was really, really beneficial for for moving me through those feelings. But also I kept thinking about, oh, yes, if someone else is reading this, they can witness what that what that feeling is like, the stark contrast of a sacred wild place, you know, then taken away from you. Yeah, absolutely. I thought big on sort of representation. I think when I write, as mm-hmm. all poets are, or most poets are anyway, as well. I would, I can't say all, um, but yeah. So that, so in that representation, I have like 
I, I tend to talk about the deep personal secret um, things with the remove of of representation a little bit. So I think she's, you know, she's she's experiencing pregnancy and she's experiencing trauma and she's ex um, from sexual assault and she's experiencing so many things at once that she has, and then she connects with something and it's healing and it's then it's taken away from her. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, so it's like that's how you, she's stripped bare. And yeah. I guess as a writer, I, I need to sort of find a way to access those things that can't articulate themselves, like those sort of emotions of trauma and or sadness, deep sadness or, you know, um, and find something to attach them to. That's an object. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's how we like make these shared mythologies is by doing that work. And yeah. I felt that really strongly. Like, in there's so many people and so many experiences represented in your book that I was. I mean, I was blown away by how much you covered. I was like, oh, here is you know, trauma and sexual assault. Here is what it's like to be, you know, um, outed by a counterculture and feel not, uh, feel the, you know, exclusivity of a counterculture. Here is what it's like to be, you know, a repressed homosexual. Here is what it's like to be, you know, the child of abusive uh, spiritual parents here, you know, I just, mm -hmm. the, it, on and I, I felt like also you did a really good job of, of many times like unmasking moments of, masculinity and there there are just so many moments of tenderness in the book that shine a light on people's traumatic and difficult life experiences that I felt like this is a, a really I can't say enough how I felt like this is just an overwhelming example of the human condition and how we all weave together yeah. and we're all hurting and we're all broken and we're all trying to recover and and then circling that around our lack of ability to be honest and to to express these things mm -hmm. to one another because we're not safe to do that. There's no safe space for us to do right. that. No one no one in the book really had done any work to create a safe space. And that yeah. how how we see that on all these different levels, you know, it's even even like yeah. with the characters Olive and Warren, it's like there is some safe space there, but is there's still these very private in in inner worlds that are not revealed and you know you can see and that aren't really discussed. yeah like, and you can see the damage that that causes and you can see also the like saving grace that that applies like you're saying you know like having a private space inside of your head is so important but then you know to what length and i like that as just a question because i think that's so different for everyone like you know and that's that was what it was like for me to write my book was to to say i am going to completely expose myself because i feel like that that's necessary for me in my work i can only imagine my exposing myself will enable more vulnerability and closeness with my customers and the people that I work with doing, you know, doing Palm Store. And so that there was an actual decision there to be like, okay, all of my inside world is to be revealed if I want to try to like in, enable this change and transformation to happen through this healing work that I do. And that's like such a... I you know, literally <laughs> got killed when I read your first poem because I felt that so immediately from that mm. I saw I was like whoa this is 
she is so strong and so revealed here. And I, yeah, I, I mean, right out of the gate, first poem that I read, <laughs> yes. I, I almost started crying. And I think that that's, um, I think that's what good literature does is through someone else's um, revealment, they, you allow yourself to feel your own emotions connected to those secret places. And I mean, while I was writing the book, I was collapsed in tears a lot of the time. <laughs> and it wasn't because of even directly my own life. It wasn't like from my life experience. It was just from the, con the human condition that I was experiencing or channeling through these characters on some, you know? Yeah. And it was a really strange experience towards the end. It got kind of, it was like overwhelming. I remember lying on the floor of my Portland, Oregon studio as I was wrapping it all up, finishing it all, because I finished the book, like wrote it all mostly out, you know, outside and then finished it in like a windowless or like room. Oh yeah, yeah. Storage unit facility, and over the train tracks, looking over the train tracks, and at the culmination of all these different stories, just sort of inhabiting you, and that and the emotion attached to them, and then of course your own emotion and your own existence, sort of as the base or mattress for that. Mm -hmm. I, it was just complete exhaustion, <laughs> and. But a really wonderful kind of exhaustion where you feel like you've accessed life at its core, you know? Yeah, you. I mean, you did. <laughs> you totally did. And you gave it to all of us, which is, I mean, it's such honorable work to try to be so inclusive. I just kept being in such awe of how inclusive you were in this, you know, that you could write something so specific about place and nature and yet you have all of humanity incorporated into that. And I love the reminder to readers that says you can be any kind of person and still love and respect the earth. You know, you can be right. any type right. of human being. And that's why I felt like the masculine characters in your story were so important because there were these yeah. masculine characters who, you know, I mean, Warren is this character who I was like, Oh, I'm so glad he's in the book because he's this kind of balance between all of these worlds. And he loved, you know, the, the earth and nature yeah. just as much as the next person and was willing to sort of, you know, show that. And, and, and then there's, you know, Alice's father, who's this quiet man who can't stand up for himself, but is out there every day taking care of these trees. And there's just right. like such such a um, expansive example of how humans deal with their place in the world. And I just I love that that you didn't really leave anyone out of that. Um, and even I the fact that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really to it. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. My husband at one point. um leaned over to me when he was reading the final man or you know one of the final iterations of the manuscript and he's like I'm Warren aren't I <laughs> and I was like oh yeah yes honey of course you are. <laughs> yeah well that's good I mean you have to have some sort of exemplary thing for men especially my goodness but I feel like that sense of including all these people and then having me finish the book and just feel like oh right we're all connected. We're all on the same planet. We're all struggling with something mm -hmm. and it usually lets us feel something similar. So 
reminding people of what that's like. And, you know, just, I felt just for a lack of better words, it's the best book I've read in so long. <laughs> so happy oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You yeah. have just saved my entire week. I'm in the middle of <laughs> writing my next book, like in the middle of it. Oh, good. My, my mom taking care of my children and I'm just like writing all day. So I'm sort oh, of in good. that like last year. Like, mm-hmm. So to, to have a break and talk to someone like you who I feel kindred with and I feel connected to through, you know, so many lines and in our art is really wonderful. So thank you. Yeah, I, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I good. Yeah, I like to think of all of the different ways that my poetry has brought me into the midst of incredible people and how that continues to be the case. And I mean, like, that's how this conversation is happening. And that's how, you know, I yeah. continue to see the way that, you know, my work in the world really is just about connection. And that's, I think that's why I resonate with your book so deeply is that you so clearly like expose all of this connection between people and how much that actually does affect a single life story and how a moment of connection with one person can actually shift the transformation of history because the, the, chain of events keeps going and that's how I feel about my work also so it's whether it be a book or a single poem the the power of that kind of connection is this endless kind of you know thing that really keeps the the whole story of humanity going yeah it keeps us all going right exactly. yeah are there any particular folks that you would absolutely jump at the chance to write a po- an improv improv poem about I mean, I would love to write. I have gotten the chance to write for a lot of people that I wanted to write for because I did this amazing project where I wrote uh, all these songs to celebrate women around the world who have done amazing things, including Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton and just all these different people. So I, I got to write these poems that were then turned into songs for this project here, her song that I was a part of. But I would love to, you know, create for people in person that that's such a different you know a different Mm -hmm. thing I would love to write for Mary Oliver and I would love to write for Wendell Mm -hmm. Berry but I would also love to you know I'm trying to get myself into more university settings because I think the thing is is Mm -hmm. showing students that you can create whatever weird career you want to is so important I mean I wish somebody would have told me that when I was young because I would have I I wouldn't have known that I would ever be able to have a weird career as a poet like this. And just to even have some hint of that. Yeah. You somehow found, I was thinking like, she must have sort of wound her way to this place because, you know, there's this, like, there's the traditional poet who writes a poem and it's on the page and then they read it at functions and then it's in a book. But you have this far more sort of bringing it back again, but this inclusive and interactive, element to your poetry that is so cool and it's nothing less than inspiring just thinking about it you know that it's important and you see its value and so you do it and then you find ways of recharging I I would assume I hope yes yeah I guess that's one was one question that I had for you like how do you how do you recharge after some of those experiences it's funny how when you work from home and you're writing a book, the the practice is really just this kind of ritualized, you sit down at your desk and you write, and that's just what you do. Yeah. But then 
to revive myself after poem store, you know, it's just such a different ritual. It's like a lot of sleep, a lot of good food, a lot of stretching, a lot of time by myself. It's It really takes it out of me. And, and that's kind of why I hope that in the next, you know, year or so, I really transition into doing these like more just reaching more people at one moment so it's more sustainable like trying to you know be on a stage and do speaking engagements and write some poems in that way and then afterwards connect with people and write for them and have that be you know just a more impactful a sustainable experience for me and my poor little body it's just so tired yeah. my brain that's just like can you please stop but then I go and do it and it just works so well and it affects people so deeply. And it's just, you know, it, it appears at first as a novelty and then people get involved with me and they're like, oh, this is something way more than that. And I love those moments of just seeing people's eyes open up and people just, you know, stepping into their own center of self and seeing themselves through my eyes and like understanding that I've given them this gift. It's so special. And sometimes just be, you've given them the gift of being seen. Yeah. By, you know, like really seen and that in our world, in our technological world, I think is becoming more difficult for people to connect yeah. in that way. And that's, I think I can tell that it's just an incredible project. What a, what a special Thing to be able to connect about all of these beautiful places and all of the importance in your work and I'm thank you for writing another book I hope it's going well and that we get to connect about it all yeah thank you thank you for doing what you do because I recognize that it's not an easy thing and I I immediately was wow she's she is doing god's work out there or goddess's work out there well and thank you i'm so glad to have found you through this and i'm so glad we're back with rare birds this is yeah great. rare bird bringing all the rare birds together 